Welcome to In the Black with your host, Bob Dickerson. Our program takes a look at the socioeconomic issues affecting black America. From education to news and politics to business matters, we have the stories and guests that you need to hear about. Now, here is Bob Dickerson. Well, hello everybody out there. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black sitting here in my home studio with the lovely Marquita Simone Dickerson, who is uh, not only uh, my wife, but also the producer of In the Black. She keeps me on time. She does her best to keep me on point. So when I stray off, believe me, it's not her fault. It's all my fault. Uh, but, But really, thank you. Good morning, love. Good morning. How are you? How are you? Looking good sitting over there. Hey, uh, got another edition of In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. Happy to be with you. Happy to have you with me. Uh, This is a very special week. I mentioned last week was my mother's birthday. It was last Monday, the 7th of of September. And today, Wednesday, September 16th, if you're listening to me at 6 o'clock Central Time, Today has been my birthday all day. I'm surprised it wasn't a national holiday, but it wasn't. And so uh, I'm going to, gonna. Uh, I guess I'm wishing myself a happy birthday. That sounds a little strange, but, uh, but birthdays are to be celebrated. Uh, I am so happy to be able to have another one. And I am certainly hopeful, optimistic, uh, expectant, and prayerful that I will have many, many more. So, uh, We had our In the Black on Facebook this morning. I hope that those of you who are following me on Facebook, uh, who are liking me on Facebook, were listening. Of course, you can go back and look at that episode uh, and uh, see what we talked about. You can actually see us uh, on Facebook Live, so we're happy to do that. And then just before I came on the air, I just completed a workshop that I wanted to give away. Uh, Instead of getting birthday gifts, I wanted to give one and I gave one to business owners. And I told you why go into business, how to go into business, when to go into business, and who can help. So you can get that. uh, Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I am looking for subscribers. We just launched uh, YouTube a week or so ago. And so I am looking for people to subscribe. I invite you to subscribe. Uh, You can get some good information from uh, the workshops and seminars. We did one recently that helped people explore their characteristics to see just how likely they were to be successful at it as an entrepreneur. Now, we know that none of this is exact. Uh, this isn't science. <laughs> we may talk about science in, a, in just a bit, but this is not necessarily science uh, because no two people are alike. No, bit, no two businesses are alike and no two paths to success have to be exactly alike. But there are some things that successful entrepreneurs have had in common. There are some characteristics that I think uh, most if not many of them embody and just some basic characteristics. And we talked about those things on our workshop on last week, assessing 
your entrepreneurial DNA is kind of what we called it. So we're just happy to be doing some of this stuff. Uh, I was looking at the news and uh, boy, uh, what's trending on Twitter and uh, through other news agencies is we have these major, major issues facing our country. Obviously, I'm in Alabama and uh, the Gulf Coast, that's about 250 miles from where I am presently sitting. Mobile, Biloxi, Gulfport, Pensacola. Uh, Pensacola's in Florida. Mobile, of course, in Alabama, Biloxi and Gulfport, Mississippi. And maybe even uh, a bit of, of southeast Louisiana, perhaps New Orleans. Uh, Hurricane Sally is making uh, its approach. Uh, and uh, it's not going to have the winds they don't expect as Laura did a couple of weeks ago. But it's certainly going to be a big-time rain event. So our thoughts and prayers go out to all the people on the Gulf Coast and all the people who are going to be affected by Hurricane Sally. Uh, we, we're praying for you. Stay safe. Be smart. Uh, just one of the things that's happening in the news and one of the threats that we are having um, in, our, in our country. And, of course, the fires out west are just, uh, just devastating. Uh, just you know, 300 wildfires, uh, untold amount of, of acreage being, being burned, lives being lost, property being lost. Uh, it is certainly devastating. Of course, we also had yesterday to visit California, the climate denier in chief, uh, who said it'll get cooler. And I don't believe the science. That's real smart to say. Uh, and then, of course, we have the the COVID nineteen Corona pandemic, uh, hundred and ninety five and growing thousand people have passed away as a result of coronavirus. Some interesting things have come out in the news over the past week that say that the pandemic denier in chief. We got the climate denier in chief and the pandemic denier in chief and the same person. The pandemic denier in chief not only knew about the danger of this virus early, early on, but he didn't disclose that to the American people in a way that helped people save themselves and make smarter decisions. And, uh, and that's all coming out in uh, Bob Whitworth's book, uh, coming out other places. So we have the, we got the, we got the hurricane in the Gulf. We have the fires out West. We have the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And then we have Trump in the White House. Four awful things that are happening in this country today, four absolutely awful things that are happening in this. So I got to just say this right off the top. And I realized that everybody doesn't agree politically and that's fine. And we shouldn't agree politically. Uh, one of the things that, that a lot that we have in this country is this ability to have political disagreements. I see it one way. You see it another way. I want to take one direction. You want to take another or maybe not direction, but I want to take one path and you want to take another. Because as Americans, we ought to want to go in the same direction. 
as it relates to a virus, we ought to want it out of here. We ought to want it gone. We shouldn't have some of our people in a large number uh, willing to go to rallies and be cheek to cheek without mask, defying the science because they want to go in another direction. We shouldn't go in different directions. We may take different paths. And it is pretty obvious that a direction toward health and safety says that we don't get in each other's faces. This thing spreads uh, through the air. It spreads through our talking to each other in close proximity. It can spread throughout touching each other in close proximity. And so why deny the science? Now, you may want to take one drug and I may want to take another, or you may say, well, we should have a vaccine. And I may say, well, no, there needs to be herd immunity. I don't know about all that. But the point is we ought to all want to go in the same direction. So there's got to be something wrong when you see somebody who says, oh, don't worry about it. And people are dying. 200,000 people approaching 200,000 people are dying and you're not worried about it. When somebody who says, come to a rally of mine in a state where the pandemic, and that's every state where the pandemic is present, somebody who violates, even as the, as the commander-in-chief of law enforcement in our country, to blatantly violate laws and then skirt around them and call them protests, you know, that is so disingenuous. And, and I guess what I'm thinking and what I grapple with is how anyone who says that they love this country, anyone who says that I'm a good American, anyone who wants to, you know, raise the flag and sing the Star Spangled Banner and that's fine. I mean, I think you, you know, that's great. But how anyone that embodies all of those characteristics and attributes of a patriot, of a good American, of someone who loves the country, of someone who loves other people, as a Christian, can go along with the nonsense that's happening in our administration. Now, I don't care if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're an independent. I don't care if you're apolitical. If you look at what's happening in our country with your eyes wide open, you must be concerned. Uh, you must be a little bit fearful. Uh, you don't have to like the other folks to know that the folks we got in charge are not the right folks. We're not making the right decisions. We're not making good decisions. And the decisions we're making are dangerous. Uh, we are in a situation where we've got somebody who is basically acting as an autocrat, as a dictator, as a kleptocrat. And the people around him that enable that to happen are just as guilty. I want to say this real quickly because I got to take a break in a moment. But I think there are four kinds of folks, you know, that are supporting this nonsense. They're the people that's making a lot of money off the backs of middle-class Americans. They're, they're already super wealthy and they're getting wealthier and they're stacking it up. Okay. So it's in their best interest. You know, 
the stuff that's happening isn't bothering them. It's not going to bother their great, great, great grandchildren. So they're fine. Then you've got the folks that just are bought into being Republican. They want to be Republican regardless of what it is. They hate Democrats regardless of what Democrats say or do. They're, they're bought into being Republican without really understanding that independence is probably more important, that there are some things that you might like about Republicans, but there are some things that you wouldn't like. There's some legislation that happens that doesn't favor you as opposed to all of it favoring you. And then you got some white supremacists that see themselves in the activities of this leader. And they're all happy because finally someone was willing to endorse white supremacy and neo-Nazism and, you know, and wearing this Confederate flag. And then you got folks that just plain, well, I'm not going to say it. You think about it. It's like when you're at Cracker Barrel and you can't get before five of the pigs out and you say it's just plain, that's what it is. Hey, this is Bob Dickerson within the black. We'll be back momentarily. Hey, we're back on In the Black. This is Bob Dickerson on the Voice America Radio Network. You know, I'm, I'm trying to really get into sports this, this year. You know, the pandemic has me a little bit off my sports game. I did watch a little bit of football on, uh, on Sunday. Watched the Thursday night game. Well, watched about half of it. Didn't watch that much last night. I saw just a few plays. Didn't watch a whole lot. But I got to get back into football and, you know, ready for my team, the Crimson Tide, to take the field next Saturday. Next Saturday, I think, is the is when they start off. See, I don't even know. Normally, I would know the, I'd know the schedule. So, anyway, uh, kind of a bummer. Basketball season, just NBA season, just finishing up. In September, that's a bit odd when, you know, that's usually how I spend my, you know, Memorial Day holiday is the day that the playoffs are really at the, you know, at, at their peak. And so, you know, we were shut down. And so it's been a different year. Uh, some people have said, and I totally agree, that we're never going to forget 2020. Never in a lifetime will there be another year, I hope, <laughs> like 2020, you know, and, and we were talking before the break about what's happening in our country. And, and I say all of that because I am concerned. Um, you know, I've done some reading about, you know, how societies change, ebb, flow and fail. And, um, and, and whether you believe this or not, and whether you like hearing it or not, the kinds of changes that it's that that we're on the precipice of making could be the kind of changes that lead to failure. And I don't want us to fail. I mean, I, I realize that America has its issues, it has its problems, but it, I certainly don't want it to fail. But uh, but we're in free fall. We're in free fall. Um, we're in free, free fall because we put the wrong man in the White House with the wrong motives. Uh, we have other politicians who are afraid to publicly correct and or criticize it. Uh, we're building, you know, the, all of these conspiracy theories that don't make any sense. Um, and we're moving away, or at least 
a number of our folks, and, and 35% is a number. That's a good number. So that's a strong block. And, and so when 35% of the folks want to move away from progressive values, like the ones that FDR had to get us out of a depression, uh, like the ones that Martin Luther King had to take us into an era where there should be civil liberties and civil rights, when we got a strong block of people who don't want to be progressive, who want to be regressive, make America great again, you know, sort of a throwback to another time, then it says that we've got some issues in our country. Uh, so Rome failed because, and it, and, it, and it didn't fall in 10 years or an election cycle. So let's just keep that in mind. Let's be realistic. But, but Rome failed because of the infighting and civil wars allowed it to be so weak that basically Germany, it was Germania is what they called it back in those days, was able to come in and, and take over. And so we've got to be careful that we're not weakening our country and allowing us to and, and failure, it may be not the word, but allowing us to be less successful, less influential, and less powerful than we've been. So we got a lot of, of issues around social justice and basic economic security in our country. I'll pivot just a bit to talk about that. There are so many people in this country that are poor, and that's a shame in a nation that is this rich. And so I was reminded of something that I read, and I just want to share this with you. And I, I hope you will, whether you agree to or disagree, I hope you'll hear it. But the economy exists for the person, not the person for the economy. In other words, if we were in a, a feudal society where there were lords and serfs, then the serfs existed for the Lord. So the serfs basically were the slaves. And what they did was they worked and the lords, you know, kept the money. The lords were the ones who, who benefited from the work of the laborers. Now, the American middle class was built with the opposite in, in mind. And you heard John Taylor talk about that a couple of weeks ago. Typically, in, in, in years past, good work rewarded the workers. Corporate profits rewarded the workers. You know, good pay and benefits. You do better, better pay and benefits. You do great, great pay and benefits. Uh, and, and so now all the profits are being siphoned off and it's going to the owners. Uh, I, Trump tickles me when he talks about well, the stock market is up. Well, 80% of us don't own stock. So the stock market is not a good indicator of the economic health of this country. The economy should exist for the person, not the person for the economy. Slavery said that the person existed for the economy. It didn't have anything to do with the person. The person was not rewarded for contributing to economic growth. All the person did was contributed to economic growth and didn't benefit from it. So we've got to change our mindset and understand that, 
that the economy has to exist for the people who contribute to it, the people who work in it. And, and the way we get to that is we examine what we think and feel inside. Uh, there should be some moral principles that guide economic decisions, that guide economic life. Uh, we, we really, when we think about it, and the Bible says, is how we treat the least of these. So, so we've got to be judged on our economic decisions around how they protect the life and dignity of human beings, uh, how they support families, how they serve the common good, uh, how the poor and vulnerable are faring uh, in this economy. Those are the measures that will make America great again. Those are the things that if we put in place and put them at the forefront of our thoughts, that's what will make America great again. So, so just think about that, that we all have this, these rights to basic necessities in life. Uh, food and clothing, shelter, I mean, that's a given. Healthcare, education, a safe environment, economic security or others, health care. We're fighting not to have health care for all Americans. A safe environment. We're denying science, you know, and not wearing masks in a pandemic. That's what we're doing. Economic security. We are allowing people to be impoverished in the richest nation in the world, and we're penalizing the poor by charging them more, not providing basic necessities, not providing opportunities in order to keep them poor. So everybody should have the right to have an economic initiative, to work, to produce, and to benefit. So if you're productive, then your wages and your Living conditions ought to reflect that. Uh, if, if, if you need to organize and join a union to make sure that happens, then you ought to have the right to do that. Now, on the flip side of that, we all have the duty to contribute. Everybody should be a contributor to the economic well-being of the rest of us. No man is an island. No man stands alone. We've heard that. We're all intertwined. We all work together. Uh, if, if I'm, a, farm, if I'm a, a, a dairy farmer, then you need my eggs and milk. But if you're a wheat far, farmer, I need your grain because we need all of that to make bread. Okay, we're still not going to have any bread unless we have it all. So we all have a duty and an obligation to contribute to the broader society. And those are things that are important. Those are the kinds of messages that I think our leaders ought to be sharing with us. Uh, those are the things that we need to make America great again. Uh, we need to talk about our moral obligation, whether that's from the government or from us as individuals, to meet basic human needs and to pursue justice in economic life. That last line that says liberty and justice for all. Well, perhaps we need to think about having it say liberty 
and economic justice, liberty and justice and economic justice for all. So it's about morality. It's about honor. It's about really being great and not just saying you're great. It's about treating the least of these the way Jesus would have treated them. It's about a moral obligation to take the kind of actions we have to take to meet basic human needs and pursue justice, economic justice in our country. Hey, we're going to come back and, and, and talk more about this. Um, got another thing, couple of things that we want to introduce to you. Hey, this is Bob Dickerson. You can get me. Uh, check my website out. It's bobdickerson.com. I am really trying to get people to subscribe to my YouTube channel. So Bob Dickerson YouTube channel, please subscribe. Follow me at B Dickerson Jr. on Twitter. And this is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. We'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. SAP Solutions help you transform your business, and we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise, clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily and with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything, from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset to gain confidence and inspire action. By making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve and results improve. Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard live every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. Hey, we're back. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on Voice America. Uh, happy to be with you today. Happy to have this opportunity to speak to all of you. I hope that you will listen. Um, whether you agree or not, I hope that you will share. You can share it and say, hey, this dude, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or you can share it and say, maybe he made some good points. I don't agree with all of them, but maybe he made some good points. Now, I've looked at the Voice America roster, and you know, I you know, I kind of got a feel that Voice America reaches people who would uh, call themselves conservative. We got these cold words: conservative, progressive, liberal, and uh, you know, we we wear our labels probably just a little bit too, too, too tightly to our skins. It didn't, I don't recall it being that way 50 or 60 years ago when sometimes you have, you know, Republicans and Democrats agreeing with each other. When you'd have uh, Republicans and Democrats crossing party line because they felt that the legislation or the idea benefit their constituents. Uh, when you had more collaboration on what was good for the country, as opposed to what we have now, apparently if it's a democratic idea, then no Republican can go along with it, or maybe one or two. And when they do, they get ostracized. And, and the opposite is true. If it's a Republican idea and one or two Democrats go along with it, then you know, they get criticized. And so, uh, so, so I really wish we could get away from these labels and start thinking about, consciously thinking about what's good and what's bad, you know, what's good for me, what's good for my family. Because I think that what's good for you and your family is the same thing that's good for me and my family. The same thing that's good for me and my family. Uh, to, to that the decisions that are made, for example, in Washington, D.C. on investment, trade, aid, human rights, um, economic security, science, you know, environmental protection, police protection, policing in our community, all of these things end up being the same. We, we, we all want and we all need the same thing. So, but, but how we 
how we approach it and having slightly different approaches shouldn't mean that we end up building these big walls and getting into these partisan camps and partitioning ourselves off from other thoughts and other ideas. So I just thought I would share that. But, but getting back to some of the things that we need to be doing to really make America great is organizing our society around human dignity, organizing our society around building the capacity for all of our people to do better, uh, organizing our society around enacting laws that create fairness and justice, economic justice for all of our people, organizing our society so that the American worker is valued again and that work becomes the ladder to prosperity and not just for survival. So right now we got to work to survive. We need to be in a position to work to prosper. And in order to do that, we got to shake loose some of them billion, 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 multi-billionaires who have hoarded money and resources and that money needs to be put back into our society so, so we can prosper. And so, you know, I, I've thought about just some of the things that, that, that I might say, and I know I'm talking to, again, a conservative audience, but I also believe that it's a Christian audience. So, so as I thought about how to put this into some terms that might be palatable coming from me to most of you, conservative people who are, who have Christian values. Well, obviously I, I consulted the Bible and, and all of this kind of centers around love how you treat each other, what you think about each other, what you do for each other, what you do to each other. All of it centers around love. So, so let me just give you some guidance. And it's not my guidance. This is, this is scriptural. In Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the 36th through the 40th verse. And I think this sums it up says, Jesus says to love God with all your heart, the first commandment, to love God with all your heart. And he follows it up and says, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm your neighbor. People that may not be your skin color are your neighbor. Folks that may live in another part of town, they're still your neighbor. Folks that you disagree with politically, they're, they're your neighbors. And so when you think about what we follow and what we value and you know who we are and what this book, this guide, this Bible has told us, that's your, you know, 
That's your direction right there. That's your direction. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So as we are holding ourselves up as Christians and holding ourselves up as disciples of of Christ and of this Christian faith, then we ought to follow his teachings. Love one another. So I don't have to agree with you politically to love you. You don't have to agree with me with my politics. You don't have to like the way I look. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to really like what I feel, what I think, but what the, what your, what, what the Bible says you must do though. It says that, that you will love me in Galatians 5, 14 for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law. So we, we get caught up on laws and lawlessness, you know, and keeping the law, the entire law is caught up in this one command to love your neighbor as yourself. The, the obligation to love a neighbor to love someone, it, it, it's, it's both individual, but it's societal. See, individually, we are commanded. I'm commanded to love you. You're commanded to love me. I'm commanded to love. But, but, but when you put all that together, it's societal. But we can only have societal love for each other when it starts with individual love for each other. We can only have a society that loves, that respects, that cares for, that takes care of. We can only have a society that's moral and that's just when we have individuals that exercise this kind of neighbor to neighbor. And, and in my church, we used to say that love that goes from breast to breast. So we can only have a society when we have that. We can't have, you know, we can't have fairness. Uh, we can't have, can't make sure everybody's taken care of. Uh, we, we, we'll fight against uh, somebody else's economic security or somebody else's health security or somebody else's environmental security when we don't have that fundamental love your neighbor as an individual dimension, when loving your neighbor does not come down to me and you, then we can't have it in society. We want to have society and say, oh, yeah, we are, we, but I don't, you know, but I can't stand them. But I'm against, I don't, I don't, I can't love her because she's gay. Or I can't love him because he's black. Or I can't love them, you know, because they're white or whatever. We just can't have it. So that's the one thing that we want to keep in mind. And we've, we've got to have this, this 
kind of teaching, I think, enhanced teaching on dignity, on rights, and duties. It is our obligation. It is our obligation. It's the church's obligation to teach on this, to foster these kinds of thoughts, this kind of action. You know, I can't say it any more plainly. In order for us to make America great again, or make it greater than it is, I don't buy the great again necessarily, but to make it greater than it is, and maybe so, because we've taken a step back, we have got to go back and make sure that we understand that the basic of growing our society is taking care of people, and the basics, the basis for taking care of people is caring for them and loving them. Hey, I'll be right back after these very, very important messages. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black. Hey, welcome back. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. Hey, once again, I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. We'll be doing live events. Uh, actually, this morning was at 7 a.m. Central Time. That's, a, that's real early for you folks on the West Coast. And, and my heart goes out to all the people out West uh, who are suffering from the, those, those horrendous fires. And, uh, and of course, all the folks down in the southern part of our country and the Gulf Coast area, uh, Hurricane Sally. And, and, and please wear your mask, social distance, stay safe because we are still in the midst of a virus. I understand that some of the folks are going to rallies, but understand if you go to a rally and you don't social distance and you leave there and, you know, it takes you a few days to realize that you are sick. Everybody that you come in contact with, you are subject to get sick. There are people dying. Over a thousand folks a day are dying. And we can, we may not be able to ever prevent death, but we can really try to do something about it. We ought to try. You know, there are so many lies are being told about just about everything. And I've been hearing, I guess, maybe over the past five years, we hear folks talk about his truth, her truth, their truth. But to me, there's one thing that we have to have is we have to have the truth. And I'm not sure that the truth has dimensions. You know, when you think about truth, truth defined as veracity, truthfulness, sincerity, candor, honesty, genuineness. You know, truth is, is accurate. I mean, it's correct. It's, it's, it's valid. You know, it's authentic. And so if I'm speaking my truth and it's not those things, I mean, if it's not honest, if it's not genuine, if it's not accurate, no matter how true I might claim it to be, it's not true. 
if I'm mistaken and I am putting a mistake out here and calling it truth, whether I believe it to be true or not, doesn't make it true. So if I'm saying that there's no climate change and that's not true, then it's just not true, whether I believe it or not. And so we've got to make sure that truth is just what it is. There, there are no degrees of truth. There are no degrees of truth. Now, there are some people who I've read this. There are some people who debate this and they talk about quantum science and math and relative theories and all of that good stuff. And I, I get that part. But guess what? Dishonesty is false. Dishonesty is false. Truth is accurate. Truth is authentic. Truth is genuine. Truth can be tested. And guess what? Truth is the chief element of the nature of God. It's the chief element of the nature of God. Truth has to do with facts. It has to do with reality. Uh, truth is firm. It's, it's constant. It endures. You know, it, it doesn't have degrees. I mean, I don't want to get into logic models because it really doesn't have degrees. It's either true or it's not. So it doesn't have anything to do with me. It doesn't have to do with you. It doesn't have to do with time. Something was true in 1920, but it's not true in 2000. No. It doesn't have to do with circumstances. Well, you know, and, and sometimes we lie because of circumstances. We try to call them white lies, but I don't care whether they're white or black or green. Truth is truth. And if it's not true, it's not true. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with interpretation. interpretation. And, and of course, I just mentioned, you know, convenience. And, and we've all done that. We've all told lies of convenience. You gonna be at home tonight? No, I'm I'm gonna be out because <laughs> you don't want a visitor. Are you coming over? No, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Uh, I'm gonna have company. You know, we we lie, we tell those, but that's not true. And so when people start referring to his truth and her truth, their truth, my truth, well, if it's not true. Okay, so so here's where I'm going with this in the few minutes that we've got left here. Um, we're being lied to big time. <laughs> we're being lied to big time. Uh, we're being told, oh, we got the virus under control and we're leading the world in death. We have 5% of the world's population and over 20% of the deaths from the coronavirus. 5% of the world's population, 20% of the deaths, we're being lied to big time. We're being lied to. Um, we're being told that the climate isn't changing. That's what we've been told. We're being told that there's no climate change. I don't believe in the science. That's what we're being told. 
uh, we're, we've got people who are trying to change the messages, the true messages from the Center for Disease Control, where scientists and doctors who are learned and who have always done a fair, honest, good job, we're being told, don't believe them. Uh, we're being told that, oh, we'll have a, we'll have a, a antidote for this virus, a vaccine, momentarily. We're being lied to big time. Where's the truth? Where's the truth? Uh, you know, we are being told that there is no systemic racism in America. People in power are telling us that. The Attorney General said it. The Attorney General of the United States of America said that there is no systemic racism. Huh? <laughs> oh, really? So, so when someone lies to you, then what do you do? I mean, when you know they're lying, do you still follow them? You know, when someone lies to you and you know they're lying, you know they're lying. You may like the lie. You may wish the lie were true. You know, you, you, may, you, you may like them and like the lie and wish the lie were true. But when someone's lying, do you follow them? Uh, when, when you heard them on tape and you see them on television, so you know it for sure, is this who you follow? Well, I want to say this before I get out of here. Dictators lie to their citizens, and their co-conspirators back up their lies and look the other way. And before you know it, your life has changed. We'll see you again next week. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black. Thank you for tuning in. Please join host Bob Dickerson for another edition of In the Black next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.